Chapter 3 of Davy and the Goblin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary. Davy in the Goblin. Chapter 3 In the Sugar Plum Garden. The bough upon which Davy had fallen bent far down with his weight, then sprang back, then bent again, and in this way fell into a sort of delightful up-and-down dipping motion, which he found very soothing and agreeable. Indeed, he was so pleased and comforted at finding himself near the ground once more that he lay back in a crotch between two branches, enjoying the rocking of the bow and lazily wondering what had become of the goblin, and whether this was the end of the believing voyage, and a great many other things, until he chanced to wonder where he was. Then he sat up on the branch in great astonishment, for he saw that the tree was in full leaf and loaded with plums, and it flashed across his mind that the winter had disappeared very suddenly and that he had fallen into a place where it was broad daylight. The plum tree was the most beautiful and wonderful thing he had ever seen, for the leaves were perfectly white, and the plums, which looked extremely delicious, were of every imaginable color. Now it immediately occurred to Davy that he had never in his whole life had all the plums he wanted at any one time. Here was a rare chance for a feast, and he carefully selected the largest and most luscious-looking plum he could find to begin with. To his disappointment, it proved to be quite hard and as solid and heavy as a stone. He was looking at it in great perplexity and punching it with his thumbs in the hope of finding a soft place in it when he heard a rustling sound among the leaves, and looking up, he saw the cockalorum perched upon the bough beside him. He was gazing sadly at the plum, and his feathers were more rumpled than ever. Presently he gave a long sigh, and said in his low murmuring voice, Perhaps it's a sugar plum, and then flew clumsily away as before. Perhaps it is, exclaimed Davy joyfully, taking a great bite of the plum. To his surprise and disgust, he found his mouth full of very bad-tasting soap, and at the same moment the white leaves of the plum tree suddenly turned over and showed the words, April Fool, printed very distinctly on their undersides. To make the matter worse, the cockalorum came back and flew slowly around the branches, laughing softly to himself with a sort of a chuckling sound, until Davy, almost crying with disappointment and mortification, scrambled down from the tree to the ground. He found himself in a large garden planted with plum trees, like the one he had fallen into, and with walks winding about among them in every direction. 
These walks were beautifully paved with sugar almonds and bordered by long rows of many-colored motto papers neatly planted in the ground. He was too much distressed, however, by what had happened in the plum tree to be interested or pleased with this discovery and was about walking away along one of the paths in the hope of finding his way out of the garden when he suddenly caught sight of a small figure standing a little distance from him. He was the strangest-looking creature Davy had ever seen, not even excepting the goblin. In the first place, he was as flat as a pancake and about as thick as one, and in the second place, he was so transparent that Davy could see through his head and his arms and his legs almost as clearly as though he had been made of glass. This was so surprising in itself that when Davy presently discovered that he was made of beautiful clear lemon candy, it seemed the most natural thing in the world, as explaining his transparency. He was neatly dressed in a sort of tunic of writing paper, with a cocked hat of the same material, and he had under his arm a large book with the words Whole Keeper's Vacuum printed on the cover. This curious-looking creature was standing before an extremely high wall, with his back to Davy, intently watching a large hole in the wall about a foot from the ground. There was nothing extraordinary about the appearance of the hole, except that the lower edge of it was curiously tied in a large bow-knot, like a cravat. But Davy watched it carefully for a few moments, thinking that perhaps something marvelous would come out of it. Nothing appeared, however, and Davy, walking up close behind the candy man, said very politely, If you please, sir, I dropped in here. Before he could finish the sentence, the hole keeper said snappishly, Well, drop out again, quick. But, pleaded Davy, you can't drop out of a place, you know, unless the place should happen to turn upside down. I don't know anything about it, replied the hole keeper without moving. I never saw anything drop, except once. Then I saw a gumdrop. Are you a gum? he added, suddenly turning around and staring at Davy. Of course I'm not, said Davy indignantly. If you'll only listen to me, you'll understand exactly how it happened. Well, go on, said the hole keeper impatiently, and don't be tiresome. I fell down ever so far, said Davy, beginning his story over again and at last I broke through something. That was the skylight, shrieked the hole keeper, dashing his book upon the ground in a fury. That was the barley sugar skylight, and I shall certainly be boiled. This was such a shocking idea that Davy stood speechless, staring at the hole keeper, who rushed to and fro in a convulsion of distress. Now see here, said the hole keeper at length, coming up to him and speaking in a low, trembling voice. This must be a private secret between us. Do you solemn see, promise see? 
I promise thee, said Davy earnestly. This wasn't at all what he meant to say, and it sounded very ridiculous, but somehow the words wouldn't come straight. The whole keeper, however, seemed perfectly satisfied, and picking up his book, said, Well, just wait till I can't find your name, and began hurriedly turning over the leaves. Davy saw to his astonishment that there was nothing whatever in the book, all the leaves being perfectly blank, and he couldn't help saying, rather contemptuously, How do you expect to find my name in that book? There's nothing in it. Ah, that's just it, you see, said the whole keeper exultingly. I look in it for the names that ought to be out of it. It's the completest system that ever was invented. Oh, here you aren't, he added, staring with great satisfaction at one of the blank pages. Your name is Roopsy Frimbles. It's nothing of the sort, said Davy indignantly. Tut, tut, said the hole keeper. Don't stop to contradict or you'll be too late. And Davy felt himself gently lifted off his feet and pushed head foremost into the hole. It was quite dark and rather sticky, and smelt strongly of burnt sugar, and Davy had a most unpleasant time of it crawling through on his hands and knees. To add to his distress when he came out at the further end, instead of being, as he had hoped, in the open country, he found himself in a large room, with a lofty ceiling, through which a brilliant light was mysteriously shining. The floor was of tin and greased to such a slippery degree that Davy could hardly keep his feet, and against the walls on all sides were ranged long rows of little tin chairs, glistening like silver in the dazzling light. The only person in the room was a little man, something like the whole keeper in appearance, but denser and darker in the way of complexion, and dressed in a brown paper tunic and cocked hat. This little creature was carrying a pail, and apparently varnishing the chairs with a little swab as he moved swiftly about the room, and as he came nearer, Davy determined to speak to him. If you please, he began. The little man jumped back apparently in the greatest alarm, and after a startled look at Davy, shuffled rapidly away and disappeared through a door at the further end of the room. The next moment, a confused sound of harsh voices came through the door, and the little man reappeared, followed by a perfect swarm of creatures so exactly like himself that it seemed to Davy as if a thousand of him had come back. At this moment, a voice called out, Bring Frungles this way! And the crowd gathered around him and began to rudely hustle him across the room. That's not my name, cried Davy, struggling desperately to free himself. It isn't even the name I came in with. Ta-tat, said a trembling voice near him, and Davy caught sight of the hole keeper, also struggling in the midst of the crowd, with his great book hugged tightly to his breast. What does this all mean, said Davy anxiously. 
it means that we are to be taken before the king said the hole keeper in an agitated voice don't say a word until you are spoken to and then keep perfectly still and the next moment they were dragged up to a low platform where the king was sitting on a gorgeous tin throne he was precisely like the rest of the creatures except that he was a little larger and wore a blue paper coat and a sparkling tin crown and held in his hand a long white wand with red lines running screw-wise around it like a barber's pole he stared at davy and the hole keeper for a moment and then he called out are the chairs buttered they are shouted the crowd like one man then sit down roared the king the crowd shuffled off in all directions and then engaged in a confused struggle for the chairs they fought desperately for a few moments tearing each other's shirts and screaming out hoarse little squawks of pain while the king thumped furiously with his wand and the hole keeper trembled like a leaf at last all were seated and the hubbub ceased and the king frowning savagely at the hole keeper exclaimed in a terrible voice who broke the barley sugar skylight the hole keeper began fumbling at the leaves of his book in great agitation when the king pointing at him with his wand roared furiously boil him at all events tut tut your majesty began the hole keeper confusedly with his stiff little tunic fairly rustling with fright but before he could utter another word he was rushed upon and dragged away screaming with terror don't you go with them shouted davy made really desperate by the hole keeper's danger they're nothing but a lot of molasses candy at this the king gave a frightful shriek and aiming a furious blow at davy with his wand rolled off the platform into the midst of the struggling crowd the wand broke into a hundred pieces and the air was instantly filled with a choking odor of peppermint then everything was wrapped in darkness and davy felt himself being whirled along heels overhead through the air then there came a confused sound of bells and voices and he found himself running rapidly down a long street with the goblin at his side end of chapter three